Stephen. Radio. Sarah Jenkins, welcome back to the podcast one last time. One last time for old time's sake. Yeah, is that a song title or something? No, Britney Spears. This thing white people say. Oh yeah, this is a this is a stuff white people like bonus episode. Hey, are you caught up on all this uh, Britney Spears conspiracies? The hashtag Free Britney. That she's being captured by her boyfriend or whatever, and that she's like doing all these TikTok dances like at gunpoint, essentially. Yeah, I'm kind of caught up. Yeah, I kind of went down a rabbit hole uh, reading a little bit of that stuff. And, you know, I don't want to become a conspiracy theorist, but I don't know. I feel like there's something not good happening with her and the people around her. Well, if you see, like, there's all these videos of her, like, him, like, whispering to her on the red carpet going, kiss me. And then her eyes are just like, I don't know. It's really freaky. Like, she went through, like, a normal stage, and then now she's back to being, like, screwed up Britney. So then you don't know if it's just, like her having some more issues or if it genuinely is i'm gonna feel really bad if she's actually like captured because then i'm gonna be like wow I, we, we should have really known yeah she's been under this conservatorship for a long time and they still haven't let her out of it i was reading about how there was one person who commented to say that like if you need help wear like yellow on your next instagram post and then she like wore a yellow dress oh, on damn. the next post I feel like it's really easy to believe that stuff. Uh, anyways, I just want to clear the air here. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. So what's going on with TikTok? Uh, so Donald Trump was going to uh, sign this executive order to ban TikTok in the US. And now Microsoft is buying TikTok. Uh, can you update me on this? The only updates I have, because I, I haven't been following too closely, basically on Friday night, actually, Ashley Hufford was over. So my other like TikTok colleague is what I'll call her. And we were sitting there when all the news broke that like Trump said he would ban TikTok as soon as early as Saturday. So all of TikTok, like you would have thought the world was literally ending. Like everyone's saying these goodbye messages. The teens are freaking out. People are like, follow me on Instagram, follow me on Instagram. That's where you can find me. Like it's honest to God, like how I would experience the internet literally shutting down. So they were all freaking out. Nothing happened. TikTok put out the statement saying they're not concerned. They're like creating 10,000 jobs and blah, blah, blah. So they're trying to get it purchased by Microsoft. But then some, the Chinese government said they won't sign off on Microsoft buying it because it's a private company out of China. And apparently that means China still owns stuff. I have no idea. That's as far as I got. I just overheard today that like China is literally not going to allow Microsoft to buy it. So TikTok might go away in the US, but as long as it's still in Canada, I'll be okay. Yeah, I have no comment on the Chinese government. Um, so, you know, with TikTok, though, I guess like even if they took it away in the US, it would affect you as well and everyone because then people would just go somewhere else, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, it's, I'm in a bizarre situation because my following is 90% Canadian. But like like you said, if people just mass stop using the app and there's like not as many creators on it, people are just going to stop using it. They'll, it'll be like Vine when people start to like slowly faded out and it kind of died off whether they go to another app right away i don't know instagram's actually releasing their own tiktok type thing this week 
uh, within their platform. So if Instagram's able to do that and capitalize with, it might be the perfect storm for Instagram with their reels that's coming out, meaning they'll be able to like make TikTok style content through IGTV. So that might be perfect for them if TikTok dies the same week that they're launching their new TikTok copy of a product. So what's your backup plan if this TikTok thing really does shut down? I don't, I don't have one to be honest. I'm. It's one of those things where I was like, I made TikToks for fun in quarantine. It ended up with a bit of a following. It's been fun. It's been real. But I'll be like those Vine stars who just like never did anything else after. They're just like, Vine was my app. I am done. I die with Vine. That kind of thing. So I just think I'm gonna move on and just keep being a little bit more active on Instagram. Is what it looks like. Oh, so it sounds like if this does end, like you're just happy with it being like a period of time in your life. For sure. Like it's not, I mean, I'm not one of those people that gained like millions of followers and became like literally famous off of it. Those people I could get why they're freaking out a little bit. But when I found out the app was like potentially going to be like gone the next day, not for us, but for the States, I was not that phased. I was like, okay, it's been real. Peace out. (laughs) Wow. That's a, that's very mature from you. I feel like you've matured a lot since we first met. I mean, I also just like have a full-time job to think about and vlogging about my life is getting a little tiring, but yes, that too. No, but I feel like a lot of us get kind of really tied to like social media though, right? And and then, you know, even though you said like, oh, you don't have like millions of of people following you, like you told me last time, like you built up a really cool following. I feel like those people would miss you. Yeah, I just hit 40,000 today, actually, like right before this, but it's, I mean, yeah, yes and no. A lot of them followed me on Instagram, but I don't know who, who knows if people would pay me to make more content. Sure. We'll go to YouTube. We'll go to whatever. But for now, TikTok's easy because it doesn't take a lot of time. And for me, if something's going to take a lot of time, I want to be getting paid to do it. So yeah, no, that's the exact mentality that I've been trying to drill into you. I know and everybody that I know. So I'm glad you're taking that on. Hey, what's the influencer scene like on TikTok? Like, are there a lot of like, influencers like selling products and like shilling for brands like Instagram like influencers that already existed or that have just kind of developed through TikTok there because there's yeah. some influencers that made the jump to TikTok uh they don't do as well but there is some people that are now like companies are finally starting to sell on TikTok. like I got I had an influencer quote-unquote brand deal on my TikTok with FabFitFun, the boxes that all the basic girls sell. So like I did one um, and I've seen a few other people do FabFitFun. There's like Vital Proteins. There's just a few. It's not as intense as Instagram though because the algorithm kind of like pushes those videos to the side. It can tell if it's branded content and like just won't push it to as many people. Yeah, that's interesting. I've always been curious about that because I feel like on Instagram, like brands can like send me a pair of shoes and it's like minimal effort. I just post a photo of the shoes. Right. But I feel like on TikTok, like you have to be creative, like it rewards your creativity. right? For sure. Um, so as a great example of that is I got sent makeup, which like was my dream. So I got sent makeup. And so what I did was uh, made like an unboxing video because unboxings are huge on YouTube and like the same trends that are on YouTube are very similar to on TikTok. So, and honestly, half my content ideas just come from YouTube and I just do them in a minute instead. So I'll do hauls or unboxings or like, like PR unboxings are actually popular. Like people are very aware that a company sent you this, but they just want to see what the products are and then they'll comment which ones they want you to review. So I did that with some makeup and stuff. So it's actually easier than you'd think. It just depends on how you do it. Like you could literally, if you want to do a whole TikTok about 
shoot like a whole page about shoes i'm sure the sneaker head like community on there is huge and then every time a brand sells you sends you a pair of shoes you just do a new video about it that's interesting i was listening to this other podcast and it, it was it's like an asian american podcast and they were talking about some of these asian influencers on tiktok and how a lot of them are doing like cooking videos have you noticed a lot of those yes one of the biggest ones she uh she does like cooking for her kids like making her kids lunches and it's unbelievable like she it's like pinterest mom on steroids like her making these gourmet meals like these like pot stickers with like the rice and like homemade sushi and like all of this it's unbelievable you just watch it and are mesmerized because it's like these kids are five and four and would literally eat like cheerios off the ground but the mom is making them like a gourmet meal from like a michelin star restaurant so if you had to do like a top three what are like the top three like biggest trends on tiktok in terms of like what people do like the cooking and, and the other stuff that you mentioned dancing is for sure the number one I do not dance and nothing on my for you page is dancing because I don't really watch the dancing videos, but dancing is the number one and that's how the app got popular. I would say voiceovers slash like not voiceovers, um uh lip syncing, sorry. Lip syncing is definitely number two where you're you take a sound and then you just like lip sync to it and then like put it into whatever narrative you want. So everyone is, it's like memes, but instead of a photo, it's a sound that everybody uses. Uh, that's really big. And honestly, Amazon, like might as well buy TikTok because they already are. I'd say Amazon is like the next biggest trend, which is Amazon finds, Amazon hacks. I found this on Amazon, cheap Amazon finds, whatever. I get so many Amazon videos on, or TikTok made me buy it. Amazon edition. Like I swear Jeff Bezos can buy another hundred million dollar house simply from the ads, free advertising he's getting on TikTok. Yeah, Jeff Bezos should take 10% of his money and save the world. Um, the, lip, the lip syncing stuff, um, that's like that girl, Sarah Cooper, right? The one who, who does all the Donald Trump voiceovers. Yes. yes. So there's like, a, and there's a bunch of like, I mean, I've done like a couple lip syncing videos. Like you basically just do them based on trends, but there's like, there's so many of them. People take old movies and like take those quotes and make it. Like there's so many different ways to do the lip syncing ones. And it's like where people get really, really creative. Tell me the lip syncing ones that you've done. Um, oh, I did this one about having sisters. It's like talking about having sisters. And when you grow up with sisters, like you're, so this is the key. Let me backtrack a second. Sometimes the lip syncing is just another person on TikTok that made a video and everyone's like, oh, this sound is great. Because on TikTok, you can just go and take the sound from anybody else's videos and use it on your own. So like I'm sometimes lip syncing to like a random girl in Wisconsin, like not a famous person and not something from like a movie quote. Oh, so you're pulling from like other TikTok users. Yeah. And that's saying. how trends get started. Like there's this, there was this trend on TikTok and it was like, the quote was who in the hell put the muffins in the freezer. And like, that was the quote, but people just thought it was so funny that they took it from this girl's video. DJs are remixing it. And then it becomes like a popular trend. Same with this guy that goes to like Western uh, did this one that's like the volume inside this bus is astronomical and that's like one that got turned into and it's just this like kid from like western Ontario that just like made a video and people loved the sound and then they use it oh so these are just like organic viral trends basically everything is organic because the beauty of, the beauty of the app is that anybody can go viral because your content doesn't get pushed out based on how many followers you have but based on like if people are consuming it 
So how, why do you think like your videos got you to like the 40, 40,000 followers? Uh, mine, I think because TikTok is a, like, will push out videos based on where you're from. So like, I'll get a lot of like GTA based creators on my for you page, even if I don't follow them. So I think for my sake, that's what happened. Like when I say 90% of my following is Canadian on top of that, I'd say 70% of it is from the GTA. So it, it goes a lot based on like, it uses your location to help like, cause I guess the things that people creators in your area it'll be content that more is like tailored to you I make a lot of Toronto based content it's just me living my life in Toronto so I from there comes like recommendations for people for restaurants or bars I go to or whatever so I assume that's why it got pushed out I also was like doing the voiceover vlogging before the voiceover button became a thing so I was doing it when it was more difficult so maybe that's why but I don't know I think the location based had to be the biggest part of it though so you said dancing was like the most popular, but you said you don't do it. How come you don't do the dances? Because when I did musical theater in 11th grade, my uh, director told me I danced like a linebacker. <laughs> wow. And I guess that has scarred you since. <laughs> I just don't. I just am not a good dancer. I'm very aware of it. We try. I'll go to rock and horse and jump up and down and like swing my hair, but I do not actually know how to dance at all. So. Wow, I never knew this. I just always assume white people love to dance. No, I, I mean, guess, I, I, I guess I guess I learned nothing doing like thirty-five episodes with white people. Don't get me wrong, I love to dance. I just can't. Like, I'm just not good, which is fine. I just why would I put myself through that on the internet and try and learn the savage dance and like, you know, like there's no point. You've never done any of those like viral dances, no, like, at all. None. I've never even bothered trying to learn them. And you did tell me that your boyfriend Nolan has become a bit of a TikTok star as well through you. Yeah, it's funny. Most of the time, if someone like recognizes me, like if it's through a friend, it's like, oh, I think your videos have come up on my page before. Do you have a boyfriend? Because like Nolan and I do these like movie challenges and we do these like I did these things where he makes where I made him guess like what the makeup product is. And he's just like a very ridiculously competitive person. So he takes it all so seriously, which just makes for good content. He has like 50 or 60 like Instagram uh follow requests sitting in his in his request right now because I posted one photo with him and now all like the 11 and 12 year olds are trying to follow him so it's pretty funny that's amazing um is he like humble about it or does he feel really good about himself now um uh, well he loves it when sometimes I'll go live on Instagram not on Instagram I'll go live on TikTok and everyone will ask where's Nolan and as if I have to be tied at his hip 24 seven, like it's the 1930s, like it's pretty insane. How, oh, my favorite is the, the little kids who I do an apartment tour and they comment, but where's Nolan's room? <laughs> so basically when he does propose to you, you're going to have to announce it on TikTok. Or whatever the next platform is, because it's going to be so long, but TikTok will be dead by then, but we'll see. You know who's good on TikTok? Uh, Stan Temming. Stan is great on TikTok. He does all this I've golf. seen him. Yeah, I've seen him post those golf things on his Instagram. And they're like really creative. Yeah, Stan goes multi platform with his TikToks. I haven't I haven't reached that point yet. Yeah, but I feel like you have such a huge following on TikTok. You can kind of keep it within that one platform anyways, right? Yeah, it's a uh, it's also just like what I do is very niche to TikTok platform. Like it, if I just started posting on my Instagram, people would be like, Sarah, we do not give a damn what you eat for breakfast like why are you showing us this (laughs) no I think that's cool and like do you think like I think it's like assume that TikTok is a very um, like a young person's app 
but do you find do you see like older people on there like creating like cool stuff oh yeah for sure there's like there's like the over 30 club on tiktok the over 20 club over 40 club like there's lots of people there's a lot of people that give really good advice too like there's this one woman i follow who has millions of followers and her entire thing is helping people get jobs so she gives like career advice but like interview tips cover letter tips just like stuff like that like there's a lot of people that very narrow in on a niche. Um, my friend Tori does like acting tips and acting videos because she was a child actor. So if people have been finding their niche in like what knowledge they have and they can pass off to other people, which is really cool. Kind of like Ashley with musical theater and whatnot. So there is definitely like my following on Instagram kind of reflects my following on TikTok. And my largest percentage is still... 25 to 30 year olds like it's not it's still people around my age I'd say majority of my following is my age and slightly younger but I do have a lot of people that are like I'll make a video and I'll say I'm old and then I have the 30 year olds commenting that I'm not old so it's pretty interesting I thought it skewed really young but again like the platform curates content based on where you're from I post a lot of videos making cocktails and about alcohol so they would never push that out to kids <laughs> I would hope so I think the plat uh, like TikTok itself the algorithm pushes it out to people that are skew a little bit older yeah I like this life coach career advice thing um, you know <laughs> of course. you as you as someone uh, who has uh, been able to have the pleasure of you know having me give you life advice yeah. uh, unsolicited life advice i feel like if i did get on tiktok i think that's the angle i would take honestly you would do really well in like the freelance space of talking about like making sure you're getting paid for everything you do because i mean i learned that from you you don't do shit for free which is like now i don't do shit for free so it's i mean that's some of the best advice i got from you but some of the other stuff has been very questionable yeah okay come on um like i swear i gave you like a free like three hour life advice lesson one yeah that was when you used to just hang out at the yahoo office for three hours (laughs) i do like the contradiction of me saying that like you know basically like your time is your money (laughs) and you know you should value your time uh meanwhile i'm killing five hours for free you're like no sarah can i just use your desktop to try and buy sneakers Okay, that was like a specific one time. I know, but incident. that one was the funniest because I was like, you had already like stayed like later because you're like, I've stayed too late now, and I have to like log on for the sneaker drop. <laughs> wow, this is very on brand of me. Um, um, do you remember we talked about how we were gonna buy uh, Louis Vuitton bags? Yes, I'm so close. I said once I pay off my student debt, and I'm only a few grand away. Okay, so when do you think? What's like the estimated like- date? that you're gonna make this purchase make the purchase okay i'll have to save a little bit like end of september early october oh but that's that's getting pretty close oh like when I, i'm like real close to paying off the debt i would have paid it off but i mean the pandemic happened but like i always said my reward for paying off my student loan would go spend a couple more grand <laughs> whatever <laughs> Is, uh, is Nolan going to contribute to this bag or, or what's going on? No, I pay for myself. Nolan's also in law school. He can't afford shit. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to stress him out a little bit. Um, is the uh, is the Neverfull, because I was actually looking up, I was on the LV website the other night and I was looking up the bags and I saved the link. Uh, is the Neverfull like a unisex or is there like a different one for men's and women's? I think the Neverfull is unisex, but um, I think you actually there might be a unisex version because you know how louis vuitton is the black lv like 
pattern, that one's not available in the Neverfull. And the black on black is usually, I think, like the masculine, quote unquote, version of the bag. So I'm not positive, but I can do some research for you if we're going to buy matching bags. <laughs> yeah, no, I am. Uh, this is an irrational decision, but I'm ready to buy this bag. I might not. I might not buy this bag until like the world is normal again. Because it's oh, not like I'm going to wear this out cool. anywhere. That's a good way to do it. When you finally decide that you're comfortable seeing other human beings, you come out rocking your LV. No, I think that's that's the plan. That's the and plan. No, I'm on the site right now. It's the monogram and it's got that cherry color on the inside. Yeah. I can just picture it on me. And I, I feel like it's a good, well, I don't know. I'm just talking shit. It's not a good investment. But I feel like I'll just have that bag for the rest of my life. Also, Louis um, Vuitton is a brand that doesn't lose value. So like- right. You'll be fine. Like even, and even if it does, it's like barely, like when you say good investment, like you're, once you spend that like couple grand or whatever after taxes, like that's like how much it's going to be worth indefinitely, if not more, if they were ever to uh, discontinue the bag. And I also just want to like have that bag and just wear it and have it be like a little worn. Like I don't want to keep it clean or anything. Oh, I am the same way. You have to wear your designer stuff. Like I have a Gucci bag that like is a little bit scratched up like the gold is, but which is fine because I'd rather have it be used and worn in a bit. Yeah, I feel like that's the real flex. So <laughs> it's back on my list. That's all That's all I wanted to you to know. It's back on my list. I love it. And I don't think, I think you'll probably purchase it before me, but it's, uh, it's on my 2021 to-do list. I love that. Do you want to know what? I'll purchase it. I'll let you know. I'll give you a review on TikTok and then... <laughs> <laughs> you can make your decision yeah and have like nolan model it so so i can see how <laughs> you it can see like. a comparison because that's gonna really sell it for <laughs> you never know you don't know me um so we're here to talk about taylor swift's eighth album folklore Heck so yeah. um you know i listen man i'm i'm giving this i'm giving this album a 10 out of 10 i'm already stammering because i'm like picturing the swifties coming after me um, in case they find this podcast, uh, Taylor Swift is the greatest artist of this generation. This album is a 10 out of 10. Um, she's shown a lot of personal growth uh, on this al- album. I can't believe I'm doing Taylor Swift propaganda. Um, so are you like a huge Taylor Swift fan? Like, have you been a day one Taylor Swift fan? Apologies if I asked you this like three podcasts ago. No, 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 you have it. It's all good. Um, yeah, I'd say I was like, this sounds, I was like, closeted Taylor Swift fan growing up like I wasn't like Justin Bieber was my boy I didn't like outwardly like pronounce my love for Taylor Swift I was not a Swiftie but I literally remember the first time hearing a Taylor Swift song was this is so like where I'm from smoke so small town I was on my friend Larissa's farm it's a cattle farm and we were like sitting on the front porch as if we were literally in the music video and she goes oh my god I'm gonna play you my new cd my like I just bought and I was like, what is it? I don't really like country music. She's like, no, 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 you'll like this though. And we listened to Taylor Swift's first album and we listened to our song on the on her pro, on her front porch in like the country. And it just, I remember that day forever. <laughs> wow, uh, just great memories. I can't believe it's her eighth album. But also I'd say, argue the even more impressive part is like across like three, three and a half, like three to four different genres. Cause there was like pure country, country pop then pure pop then like pop like kind of electronic and then now this is very like pop folky like it's she's done so many different types of genres of music which I think is like the really impressive part for her to stay relevant what were your first impressions of this album 
So I was so amped because we only found out like less than 24 hours ahead of time when that it was dropping. I was interested because I loved her last album, Lover. Like that's, it was my most, like every single song on that album was my most played music of 2019. So I was like, I had high expectations, but I just had this feeling it was going to be really different because like the album artwork and everything was so like dark and gloomy and I was like is this gonna be a whole album of like all too wells which is like one of her like best songs of all time lyrically and then the second the like piano hits because I listened to it in order and I live tweeted all of my reactions <laughs> to each one. I saw this that was the inspiration for this podcast and so I live tweeted it and like I I heard the piano for the first time and I was like oh this is the vibe like I just was like oh okay this is a cry in my bedroom over my ex-boyfriend from like six years ago vibe like got it like we're going way back and so I was surprised at first like to be honest that it was so like I was surprised that every single song was like that I was waiting for her to because she's very much like mixes songs in that go from like pop like very like poppy to like more mellow but this one is just like one vibe all the way through and I loved it I feel like it felt very like grown up and that's the one thing I've always loved about Taylor Swift is I very much grew up with her music it felt like she came out with albums that matched the type of music that I listened to in each era of my life when it was high school to university to now wanting to listen to depressing music in my bedroom when we're in lockdown or something. Yeah. So the Rolling Stone uh, review of the album, uh, they gave the album four and a half out of five stars. And, and you mentioned her last album, Lover. And, and from the review, it said, quote, if Lover was the last album of her 20s, Folklore is the first of her 30s. So it seems like you do agree with that. Oh, 100 percent. It was it's it's very interesting because Lover was very much like the I'm in love, look at me, I'm finally happy, like, look at me, look at me, that was very much the vibe of the album. And then this one, this one, this album felt to me that, like, she's, okay, she's in her 30s, she's in a healthy adult relationship, and now she's, like, reflecting on her 20s. Like, it felt like she was looking back on everything, and it was, it felt like it was out of acceptance, like, not out of spite. Like, Reputation was an album that she literally made out of, like, F you, spite to everybody. And so I think this album felt a lot like, oh, wow, like, look how much she's grown up. Everything is not out of spite. Nothing's out of being vindictive or anything. It's all just, let's tell these stories one last time, tie a bow and everything and be super reflective. But that's it. Like, I've moved forward, like truly moving forward. None of this like pop star, like I'm moving on, like they use it in the song. Like it very much felt like she's putting that part of her past like away, which was like really cool. Yeah, I was, I was curious about this album probably just out of boredom and I really enjoyed it. Um, her songwriting is really good. Um, I feel like, you know, like you mentioned, like a lot of the songs are really personal. Um, yeah, no, I, I just thought the songwriting was the thing that really stood out to me. Like, it seems like she's like a really good storyteller. She's, and do you know what? She's always been a really good storyteller, but I think a lot of it was always masked with the, well, Taylor Swift only writes about ex-boyfriends. Taylor Swift only writes um, love songs, like whatever, but like her, like you go back to fearless as an example. Like I've been listening to her old music. I listened to a lot of her old music in quarantine, to be honest. I found the Spotify playlist that is literally every Taylor Swift song ever. And I'll just listen to it on shuffle. And even her old stuff, I'm like, you were like 17 writing these songs. And it's unbelievable. Like she's written a lot of songs that, um, for other like bands as well. Like she still continued to write country music, even when she wasn't performing it anymore for bands like Sugarland and like 
she sells a lot of music as well. She makes a lot of music as a songwriter on the side. So I just think that this album allowed maybe people like you or people that would never normally listen to her music actually appreciate her songwriting, even though that's something that like people who have been a fan of hers have always appreciated, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I went into this rabbit hole. So apparently like three of the songs on the album, Cardigan, August, and Betty is like this teenage love triangle yeah a story from like three different perspectives can you give like a brief explanation on this so there's like two there's two arguments to what these are because some people argue because in the song betty the three the people in the love triangle hypothetically it's actually the names of ryan reynolds and blake lively's children because they announced the name of their third child through the song betty which is kind of crazy um betty inez and James is the name of their other daughter. So they used the, she used the three names of uh, Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds' kids. But the, so some people believe that Cardigan, August, and Betty is the love triangle from the three different perspectives. But um, the issue here is that when you're singing about in the song Betty, it's actually not written from a point of view of any of those three people. It's actually written from like an outsider's point of view because Inez, Betty, and James are all mentioned in the song. So there's lots of different interpretations of it but yes some people do believe it's like three-way there's also the song the next great america or the last great american dynasty which people thought was about the uh the kennedys because she dated a kennedy but really it's about the woman that owned her house before she did she owns a house in rhode island and it's the love story of who owned her house before her so the big thing about this album was that not every song was actually about her. She said some of the songs she just made up, like she made up stories. So Cardigan, August, and Betty might have been an example of that, but people always read into Taylor Swift's music to think about who could it actually be about. There's like the Carly Kloss theory. There's the Harry Styles theories. There's just so many theories about her music, which is what I think actually captivates people so much. Yeah, and she doesn't talk about these like she just lets the song speak for themselves. She right? lets the song speak for herself. If in it's actually if I don't know if you ever you probably didn't. If you watched her documentary Miss Americana that came out earlier this year. I did. I did watch it. We did watch it. So, I mean, I've just always been impressed with like watching her songwriting process. Like she can just sit there and she thinks of a line and then from there she can it's almost as if she has one line to a song and then she can think of the rest of the song because she can just figure out ways to get the story to progress throughout it but yeah it's always been interesting she doesn't really ever talk about what the songs are about some of the only times allegedly that she's talked about it is in her secret sessions which she hosts before every album release where she invites fans to her different houses and they come over no phones are allowed they sit in her living room she like makes them cookies and they listen to her album and she talks about who the songs are about sometimes yeah, Miss American, Americana, I really enjoyed because, you know, I'm always skeptical when like celebrities put out those documentaries because obviously like they have like the final edits and all that stuff. Yeah. But also like I, I did feel like it did give us a glimpse into like her music process and also her just figuring out like fame and, you know, her figuring out like if she should have done more. I think it was with like the 2016 election for sure and and things like that right so it worked you know it was probably like part propaganda but (laughs) i feel like it it worked on me in in terms of like i never really knew taylor swift outside of like the headlines and to be honest like the only time i really came across taylor swift was like years ago when like the kanye west taylor swift stuff happened and i feel like that documentary really like humanized her and like made people like me who didn't really know her at least be like interested 
in her story and her music. Yeah, for sure. And I think it did it in a way that wasn't so like, love me, love me, I'm Taylor Swift. It was, she did like give just enough of the like, the talking about an eating disorder, talking about, like she gave just enough of snippets of like, look, I'm not perfect to make people buy into it. Again, you're right. Those, those films are always going to be like a little bit more filtered. But I think what I took away from that doc more than anything was like okay she's actually just like really sarcastic and dry and people take her the wrong way all the time because like in that entire film she's so dry her humor's dry just the way she speaks is very dry and I was like okay well Jesus I understand why people take you the wrong way sometimes because like if they don't understand that that's how you speak and how you present yourself then like no wonder you're overcompensating trying to be like too nice for so many years yeah I just can't believe you know we've reached the point in my life in the year 2020 where, you know, I don't care, uh, you know, about Kanye West at all. And I'm here just uh, talking about a Taylor Swift album. Um, if you told me that like five years ago, um, I would have been like, no, that's not happening. But you know, five years ago, I also didn't think I was going to buy a Louis Vuitton never full bag. So things change. That's true. The Kanye West thing is just so weird on so many levels because like for a brief period of time, Taylor Swift and Kendall Jenner were like really tight, like really good friends. Like they ran in that same circle and they still do have a lot of friends that cross over. So that's just always so interesting for me, like looking from an outsider's perspective, like you were still friends with like the brother in like a girl's brother-in-law is like Kanye West and like he like totally screwed you and like whatever you know what I mean there's just oh once you bring the Kardashians into the mix like it just gets complicated everywhere it's like Travis Scott dates um Kendall right or is it Kylie I always get it was dating Kylie has a baby with Mm -hmm. Kylie right and but at the time like Drake was you know making music with Travis Scott but Drake had this whole beef with Kanye West yeah um but I don't know man yeah we don't need to talk about the Kardashians I just think in general like Hollywood is just like I think Hollywood is like the most toxic environment like ever and it's just like a high school like when you look at like who's dated who and who's done what and who's hanging out who and who said this about this person like it's literally like high school but they just live in mansions and aren't walking down the hallway and it's not their lockers (laughs) No, it's true. So Pitchfork gave this album uh, an 8 out of 10, which is a pretty good review for Pitchfork because they can usually be pretty hard, especially on these like mainstream releases. Mm -hmm. But the fans got really mad and they doxed the writer who uh, wrote the review. Uh, How do you feel about this? I honestly didn't know until you found this that they like went at the writer. I had no idea. I think like Taylor Swift fans are just in general people that will like ride or die for her so like the slightest bit of like negative feedback was probably going to come with people coming at your throat that's just how those fangirls are we talked about that in our uh, previous episode all about fangirl culture with Swifties being one of the most crazy groups on Twitter no I totally understand that but all I'm saying is like eight out of ten is not bad no I know it isn't it isn't bad <laughs> so it's very surprising like I was like oh eight out of ten like that's good especially because like it's Taylor Swift you're always gonna rate her like are you gonna give her a perfect album rating no because you don't need to because she makes so much money anyways like maybe you give an up-and-coming artist a perfect album rating if it's something unbelievable but like you can't give Taylor Swift tens all across the board because then she can just be like oh I made the thing I'm out of here see you later yeah shout to all the Swifties um do you have like uh three favorite songs from this album from this album yes they've changed they honestly they changed every week so far my three favorite right now are august 
I love August. Um, the One and uh, Mad Woman are my favorite right now. Mad Woman is very much like the man from Lover, so I think that's why. It's just like 2.0. A lot of these songs have been interesting too because they really play into songs from her other albums. Like that's a big thing on TikTok right now is people mixing songs together that like sound like they continue the story or they finish the story of a song from a previous album, which is really cool. Wow. So so fans are like really digging back to like her older songs and trying to make connections on things. For sure. Like even, but not even just like two, like Lover only came out in August last year. Like it's only been out for a year. So if you, like you look at Lover and like there's a song Cornelia Street and people think that certain songs maybe are like the, like the one is like a prequel to Cornelia Street or it's like about Cornelia Street after or whatever. It's just, there's so many different ways you can do it, especially when so many of her songs sound similar. Her chord progressions are very simple always. Like I, I mean, my standard is always if I can play all the songs, then it's very simple. Watch what you say. Um, do you have any, I don't, th- those are all the questions that I had. Do you have any uh, other thoughts about folklore that you want to share? I think that if you are specific, I'm going to say specifically a dude, although I do not think it should matter. But like, if you're someone that normally would like cringe at Taylor Swift or not want to listen to her music, I do think folklore is like an album that bros can listen to. And it's like, give you your little Mumford and Sons vibes, you know, like, I think it is an album that is more so for everyone than her other ones, maybe because it's not pop, which I think is always people's biggest, like, thing about Taylor Swift. It's not mainstream. It's not like anything you've heard of hers before, which is why I think more people, so many of my friends who say they don't like Taylor Swift love this album, which is really cool. Yeah, I think that's well said. No, I really enjoyed the album. No skips. Uh, Before Mm -hmm. you go, so... Last last week I text you because I was recording a podcast with Will, oh my and we were we were talking about how uh, well he specifically mentioned Coburg because he was referencing you. Uh, we were saying that someone from Coburg would not be able to name ten Asians. Well, he said five, and I asked you for ten. So I text you while we were recording, and I asked you, "Can you name ten Asians uh, without naming us or any coworkers?" And you did hit me with the list. And, you know, I read it on air and Will was uh, really impressed with that. I wanted to see if you could name 10 more Asians um, oh my God, beyond that list on the spot right now. So, <laughs> so, so I'm, so I'm going to, I'm going to give you the list that you gave me so you can, uh, as you panic right now, you can maybe try to scramble and think. Um, so you can't use the following people, uh, Aquafina, Julie Chen. This is Julie Chen who hosts Big Brother, right? Yeah, and she was on the talk. <laughs> uh, Sandra O, oh, Constance Wu, Branda Song, Gemma Chang, Ken Jong, the Sib Sibs. These are figure skaters. I've never Sim- heard of them. Third in Pyong Chang. Wow. Okay. Uh, Michelle Kwan, which you wrote bracket icon, um, Jackie Chan, and then you arrogantly wrote, and of course Jeremy Lin. Um, so that was your mic drop. So those were the 10 that you named. Um, I feel like 10, putting you on the spot to name 10 more Asians is really difficult. So let's go with five. Let's see if you can name five more Asians. Okay. Um, Lana Condor. I didn't say her, did I? No. Who is that? She's Lana. In, um, uh, or Lana, however it's pronounced. She's into all the boys I've loved before. Um, oh, okay. No, I just looked her up. Yeah, she she was in an X-Men movie before too. Um, okay. So 
I think John Chu is his name, who directed the Justin Bieber Never Say Never movie. <laughs> I'm like, you can back check me on that. I'm not positive. The best part is the backstory of how you know these people. <laughs> how are you pulling a director from a Justin Bieber movie? Yes, John M. Chu John directed. John M. Chu, yeah. Okay. Justin Bieber. Oh, he's the director of. Oh, he's the same guy as Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I met him. That's the reason I know where he is. Um, the guy from. No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. So Will said that you were basically <laughs> pulling up the Crazy Rich Asians page last time, and that's why you got Ken Jong. Uh, no, Ken Jong is in the Hangover. Okay, okay. See, that's this is really what I really want to understand is where are you pulling these references from? So Ken Jong was pulled from. The Hangover, yeah. Um, but you you pulled Constance Wu and Gemma Chang. Those are those are Crazy Rich Asians. Gemma Chang, a hundred percent, was Crazy Rich Asians. But Constance Wu was. I really thought of Hustlers, if I'm being completely honest. And then from her in Hustlers was where I went. Where I went. Oh my God, Crazy Rich Asians. And then I didn't say Henry Golding because I purposely was like they're gonna think I'm just naming the entire Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> and where did you pull Sandra O oh from? Because of Grey's Anatomy and the Princess Diaries. Duh. I, recent, I recently found out Grey's Anatomy is still on air. Is that correct? Yeah, it is. It's like on season 16 or something. I was in high school when that show was running. I'm 35. Yeah, it's it's like a long one. It's been, it's been, around. It's been around. Hold on. I'm going to look up Grey's Anatomy right now. I, think it's I need to. You could do a whole episode with someone on Grey's Anatomy because it's like an emotional journey. 16 seasons okay i was like in university i want to say i don't want to make it sound like yeah I, I need to get my dates right anyways okay so you named two so far um you can have henry golding this time as well so that's three um uh ross butler is that guy that was on um i think he, oh he was in a uh, 13 reasons why asian or pal. yep I, I pulled him up just now um, confirmed confirmed he looks asian oh my god i need one more He's from Singapore. Okay, so you got one more. Wow, this is embarrassing. Um, yeah, you're you're. If you don't, if you can't answer this, you can't step into Chinatown for six months. For six months, I definitely can think of one more. I feel like you're under a lot of pressure right now. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! The girl in um. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god. Oh my god. Lucy Liu. Lucy Lou, there you go. I was like, where, where did you where did you pull Lucy Lou from? Charlie's she's Angels. Pale Bill, isn't she? Oh or yeah, yeah. We're like Angels, one or the other. Yeah, she or, is. Angels? No, she's in both. She was like the it girl for a while too. Oh, Vera Wang too. She's Asian. Okay, Vera Wang. So that's six. So here, okay, here, here we go. So you've named six so far. If you can get to ten right now, you can become an honorary Asian. Do you want to take the <laughs> challenge, or do you want to just step off right now? Okay. Um, um, <laughs> so you're at six right now. Your last one was Vera Wang. I thought I was doing like pretty well, and now I'm like getting think good. think think athletes though. Like there are I, athletes. I know, but like I don't care enough about sports. <laughs> There's like an Asian hockey player. He was on the Islanders. I, ugh, I have. You know who I'm talking about. Can we count Manny Pacquiao? Pacquiao? <laughs> yes, we'll count Manny Pacquiao. So that's seven. You're three away from honorary Asian status. Oh my god. I don't know what the really Oh god. Oh, oh, oh! Yao Ming, did I say him in my last one? 
<laughs> you didn't say Yao Ming. All right, so that's eight. Oh my god, I'm so close. I'm so close. Well, I mean, Tiger Woods, technically. <laughs> no, we're not allowing Tiger Woods. <laughs> Why not? Oh. You're two away. Oh my god, I'm. You can call a lifeline. Is Nolan there? You can use a lifeline. Can I? Okay. Well, Nolan, come here. <laughs> He's not listening. I don't. I don't. Yeah, come here for a second. I need a lifeline. <laughs> okay, I, Alex made me name ten Asians last time. We're on the air right now, by the way. Um, Alex made me name ten Asians while I was in an H and M trying to return something yeah. last time, and I thought I met the expectations, but now he's asked me to name more. And he said five at first. And then he's like, actually, if you can go to 10, then I'll, you're an honorary agent. I meant eight. I literally need two more. For what? Just famous. <laughs> like, how famous? Uh, yeah. You, it can't be, it can't be people that we know. It has to be like celebrities or athletes. Okay. So ready? Ich- Ichiro Suzuki. I don't yep. Know. Yao Ming. Oh, I already did Yao Ming. No, no, no. Oh, Yao Ming's God. already been done. Right. What's the guy that's the Blue Jays pitcher? Oh my God. The new Yeonjin one. Ryu? Ryu. That counts. I there you go. Him. There you go. You, oh. you got to 10. This, um. this was, there. You did it. You did it. This was the most sloppy performance to get to honorary Asian status. But you did it. I tried. I wouldn't be extremely proud of it, but I'm you have honestly, the honorary I'm status. I'm impressed with my performance at H&M as I'm literally trying to check out. And I'm getting, you have to name 10 Asians, like, right now. And I was like, what? <laughs> okay. I'm glad I could help. So, yeah, thank you for my call a friend. Yeah, you did it. Um, you got to 10. Um, how do you feel? I I mean, I was just told it was a sloppy performance, so I don't feel that great about it. Um, but it's fine. Honestly, since you guys really thought a girl from Coburg couldn't name any. You did it. Um, you know, it it required a lifeline. It's gonna be one of those things. So now it's gonna drive me insane. I'm gonna like get off this call, and I'm gonna like look it up, and it's gonna bother me because there's gonna be all these people that like I didn't even think about. They'll be like, oh, that one. Yeah, please don't become the person who texts me every time you see an Asian on TV. Uh, no, I won't. Don't worry. <laughs> Actually, if you do, that'd be pretty funny. Listen, Sarah Jenkins, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast, and we'll talk soon.